Welcome to the Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. Larry is the author of over 40 books, the founder of Dove International, a worldwide family of churches and ministries in six continents, and has over 50 years of leadership experience. He and his guests will share inspirational leadership insights from their journey with God. These insights, gleaned from serving leaders in many nations, will transform your life and leadership. For more information on Larry's books and resources, visit LarryKreider.com. Larry Kreider here with the Larry Kreider Leadership Podcast. Today, so excited to have Connie Diener with me from Kavad. Welcome, Connie. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Well, Thank I, you, Larry. You know, you're very welcome. I know some of your leadership story. You have so much to offer so many people. And I love the way God uses women of God in, in our generation. And you're a prime example of that. You know, you're from uh, Kavad Performing Arts. What is mm-hmm. Kavad? What does that mean? What is that? And then I'll ask you stories about your whole journey, okay? Yes, yes, yes. So Kavad. Kavad means the glory of God, his weighty presence okay. uh, in Hebrew. Wow. And so I started Kavad 17 years ago this month, in August, actually. 17 years? 17 wow. years. And so... Um, and so what does Kavad look like today? Yeah. So we have uh, classes in theater, dance, uh, music, and gymnastics. Uh, we have a theater that seats 200. This is New Holland, Pennsylvania, New Holland, right? Yes. Because this, you know, people all over the world are listening to this. Yeah. And so you're talking hundreds and hundreds of students come, right? Well, we have uh, around 700 enrollments. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, pretty exciting. Uh, but it has been uh, over the years that we've grown like this just yeah. to see God move but really to bring glory to God exactly. in the arts and uh, with excellence is and really you do it so my passion. Well. So I've been to your theater many times and you do it so well. Oh. Let's go back to the early days. Okay? okay. Let's first of all before Kavad let's go back did you have any idea when you were growing up you'd be doing something like this today? I absolutely had no clue. <laughs> I, yeah, Talk no clue. that out I'll start Okay. It. So I grew up on uh, in Indiana okay. a very conservative conservative Mennonite home okay. where I wasn't allowed to be involved in dance music. Oh, well, we did music, of course, without instruments. Sure. And uh, so I grew up on a huge pig farm. A of pig a, farm? Of a thousand we pigs. We have something in common. A thousand? Yeah. We never had that many pigs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they. my dad was, um, I was the youngest of four. So I was uh, about seven years old. When my brothers got married, I was six or seven. I was sure. in their weddings. And so as flower girl and uh, my sister is eight years older than me. So I grew up al- almost as the only child. And uh-huh. so my dad used me as a as a hired hand to on the farm. And I hated it with a passion <laughs> because it was so not me. Uh, and he didn't really understand me because I I I would beat to a, a different drum compared to you know, so what did that look like? How were you different? I was just so creative okay. and just very antsy and couldn't hold sure. still and talked a lot, which did not, uh, it was not what little girls should be doing. <laughs> In your culture, especially. In my culture, right? sure. you're supposed to be seen and not heard. Right. And he right. was a very strong German man. And, uh, I had a lot of just, uh, just suppressed a lot uh, growing up. And so um, so what I did as an outlet is I had all these chores after school. I had about an hour's worth of chores. And first of all, we were out in the middle of nowhere. My dad had moved down to southern Indiana to plant a church. Okay. So it was a small church out in the hills of nowhere. 
that we were planning a church and had most of the time about 25 or 30 people. And um, so I was very involved and used to being like the only youth, the only teenager. Some A few kids would come out, um, youth group. Uh, and so you so, had leadership gifts you saw developing in you Yeah, then? so I led the youth group when I was like, when I turned 13 or 14, and I invited all the kids in the neighborhood, and we would go pick them up, and I would ride with my dad, and um, and we would have maybe 10 or 15, but it took going through country dirt roads, picking wow. them all up, and uh, and then I played games and led them to Jesus and really? at a very young age. And How old were you when you came to Christ? I was in seventh grade. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I gave my heart to the Lord, although I didn't even know for sure what I was confessing because <laughs> I just remember like, well, I've always said, I'm sorry when I lied. I was very conscientious. Okay. Well, I always said, so what do I, what, what is this about? Because sure. I probably really gave my heart younger, but really when I right. started because when you accepted Jesus in our culture back then is when you started wearing the covering oh, and you wow. put your hair up. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, my word, do I want to do this? Because I know this what this means. Sure. Because I want to start wearing, you know, looking different, no braids anymore. And so I made the commitment in seventh grade. Okay, so you've made these commitment to Christ and you're reaching out to some kids that, from the church mm-hmm. and all that. But I, I've heard the story many times about how you've released your creativity with yeah, the pigs, right? I did. Talk I to did. me about that. Yeah. So after school, it was about an hour bus ride back from the country to the public school. I went to a public school. And so after school, uh, I came home and I would have an, a good hour, hour and a half worth of chores. And I was just so bored, only person <laughs> on. And it was a it was a farrowing house that we called it, you know, uh, back yes. then it was pretty uh, up to date and they had automatic waters you know where you would have to bring um the sows the mother pigs right and they would each have 20 pigs 15 to 20 and i get that that's part of my background it all makes sense to me yeah so 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 how did you release your creativity well i would come out and i would they would just when they would see me they would start they would perk up their ears and just make this big, loud, just noise. They would just recognize me because I was going to feed them. And so in order to get them quiet, I started singing to them and dancing (laughs) down the aisle of this farrowing house (laughs) in my dress. And um, The early days of Kavad. The early days of Kavad, I guess. (laughs) And so I just sang and sang and I just cried out to Jesus and uh, danced around and was able to do that. That was okay, of course. And so that's where I just, the pigs became dear to me, even though I had a little pig called Wilbur and uh, we ended up eating him and it was fine with me. It was oh my just, goodness! It was you just ate Wilbur the pig. We ate Wilbur, but I mean, it wasn't that close to me. But uh, cleaned out the barn on Saturdays, and just really, I would, I was uh, had to. Sometimes uh, my dad would keep me home from school to dry the tractor and to pick the, you know, do the harvesting in the fall. We had, uh, he had three farms sure. right there. My right. brothers lived in the right. farms with their kids, and so it was just a lonely place. I was so lonely. Well, how did you get out of there? Like, well, obviously, sometimes something happened. I don't know. I prayed a lot, and um, 
in high school, I, a lot of my creativity, my dad did allow me to do a vacation Bible school. So I, at 15, 14, sure. 15, I led the whole vacation Bible school and we would have 70 kids Wow! and we would pick them up all over creation. I was able to drive by that time and I drove my car and reached out to the neighborhood and, uh, and then I would do little that I realized was inside of me, but I did little, um, skits at vacation Bible okay. school. And we had teachers that would come in and serve time. Like, you know, for the Mennonite uh, right. network we were part of would come from Northern Indiana sure. and be teachers. And I would oversee the whole thing. Okay. And then plus I did skits and things that people just like, where did you come up with that? And little did I know that's was God was going to use that. That was God giving creativity that you had yeah. way back then preparing you for right. the day. And but the big release day. was when I was in high school. No, I was in, I was in, eighth grade, I begged and begged my parents to allow me to be in a show. And uh, because we weren't allowed to go to basketball games, we weren't allowed to be in. Very conservative. Yes, I was the only girl in a dress back in the 70s. Wow. And uh, at school and uh, stood out, was very quiet and shy. I'm sure you could understand that now. But anyway, (laughs) but I just was so... um, conscious and very insecure. And so I begged and begged. And I think my parents were older, I think just to get me off their back, they finally said yes. And so I would stay after school for rehearsal. And I had this theater teacher, Mr. Trueblood, that pulled out everything inside of me. So I was allowed to be in shows, let my hair down, put makeup on, be in costume. And so he would give me different roles, started in eighth grade. Then in high school, uh, I really became majorly involved and I could drive and go back and forth. And then the kids in school started recognizing who is that girl on stage. And I would hear, I remember clearly hearing them throughout the auditorium saying, who is that? Who is that? And because we gave this assembly during the school year. And they said, Fisher, Fisher. That was my maiden name. Sure. And all of a sudden, the next day, I would go to school and they would know who I was. And I was always very much in love with Jesus and would share my testimony and the goodness. And it just, all of a sudden, I started to know who I was on stage, by the stage. And so um, my parents would come and see me and were very touched by what was happening. My dad became very open to it. Wow. Yeah. And so then I, uh, as I grew older, then, you know, I graduated high school, went to Bible college, and Dave and I started dating. Sure. And uh, eventually got married and moved to uh, New Jersey at a and young you, age, I was sure. 19 when we got wow. married. Yeah. So you still carry this heart, this yeah. vision for the stage with you. And I think a leadership concept that really jumps out at me right now as I listen to you is that you found someone who can help you with it, Mr. Trueblood, you said? Yes. And he wasn't a Christian. Wow. He still isn't today. I still keep, uh, he just had open heart surgery wow. and we're back. I think I'm just begging him to come in and visit sometime. Yeah. So he is like just retired. He's in his late seventies. So he was a young teacher full of energy and the most loved person in the whole wow. school, but really saw past my dress and my Mennonite ways sure. and pulled it out of me. And I just, it changed my life forever. Wow. And so yeah. you and Dave get married. And then what happened after that? So uh, I moved into Lancaster. I met him in Florida uh, that's probably another couple chapters, uh, but uh, we got we met in Florida, went to Bible sure. college together, and uh, in Rosedale, Ohio, oh, wow. Rosedale. I'm, sure. I'm very familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and then once we were married, we just said we need we were going to Hopewell. 
Um, and we just, this is a big church. We are not called to a big church. We are called to reach out. Our hearts both were to reach out and Dave led worship and played guitar. Sure. And so we met up with, um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Dick Landis. Sure. I know uh, sure. Yeah. And so it, that's another story it was just crazy how God leads when we were praying and it was right before we were married, uh, getting married, we were um, dating and we were engaged. Our wedding was in three weeks and we were just praying, God, where do you want us to go to church? We want to serve. We had such hearts for ministry and all of our dating lives. Yeah. We uh, sang and played guitar. That's what we did for a date because right. we weren't allowed to wow. go to the movies. Right. You know, that we didn't grow up that way. Sure. And so we would just pray and sing and sing and worship and worship <laughs> and play a couple games, but really worship the Lord. And he would come out to visit me and help me with vacation Bible school. And uh, and we just just always had a heart for ministry. And then I moved into Lancaster when when we started uh, really being serious. Sure. And uh, yeah. So you met Dick and then t- talk to us about the next phase of your life then. Where did you end up? Yeah. So after we had met Dick, we were praying like right before we got uh, we're going to get married. Uh, Dave's like, I just remember this guy uh, that I that I had met a few years ago, and his business card I think is in the back of my drawer. And he dug out his drawer, dug out his business card. It was wow. Dick Landis, and he wow. called him. Dick was in New Jersey. Okay, and he said, Dick's like, you know, I was just praying. If you don't send me somebody, I'm I'm done here. It was just wow. his early days of planning a church. Sure. So he said, get back from your honeymoon and come down. And we went down the first Sunday after our honeymoon and drove back and forth from um, Lancaster to New Jersey That's every a few Sunday. Hours. A few hours, It's right? about an hour, about two hour drive. Two hour drive, okay. And so we would go back and forth every Sunday. This first Sunday after we were there, we had uh, Sunday school material. Dave was leading worship the next Sunday. I mean, they had about 15 to 20 people there. And we helped them grow that church to a couple hundred people. Wow. And we were there for um, 17 years. Mm-hmm. 17 years. 17 years in New Jersey. And that was in New Jersey. And we led worship all of those years. Mm-hmm. Are there any keys to leadership? You, you look back now, you think, oh, here's something I learned during that time you think would be helpful for somebody listening? Yeah, I think uh, just being confident in who you are. Okay. That was an issue that we both had coming right. from a background where um, just having this almost false humility. Right. Where right, you're right. always checking yourself and right, always right, trying right. to, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right mm-hmm. thing? And it, just being confident, mm-hmm. I think, would have been a huge, it was a huge issue for both of us. Good. But during that time then, I started uh, directing shows. I had this passion. So once we moved down, uh, I did their Christmas shows every- This uh, is church sponsored? Church. Okay. Yeah, through the church. Mm-hmm. I did these Christmas shows every year, and uh, they just got bigger and bigger. <laughs> and then I would do, uh, I had a mime team that I traveled with, and, and then Dave became youth pastor, and uh, we had a huge youth group and an outreach there. Um, and then we led worship and we did Bible quizzing. I mean, we did it all. I think if I were to do it over again, I would probably be a little bit more selective okay. and do some more self-care. You know, sure. when you have all this energy That's as a right. leader right. and you're starting a church and you see, oh, we could do this and oh, we could do that. And 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 then if you're not careful, you become self-depleted yeah. and you don't yeah. spend the time in the word that you should sure. to where you really get your energy from. Yeah. I often ask leaders, you know, what what is the thing that as you look back, you wish would have done different? Or you know, when you started, so that one thing you'd say would be self care, taking care of yourself, making sure you're healthy. That's I think that's going to be the so hardest true. thing. Yes. still is. Sure, because you have vision, especially if you're a visionary person. Right, and the minute you complete something else, if you're not careful, 
you can hardly be still Mm -hmm. because you're thinking of the next vision, which is your strength, but your weakness. Mm -hmm. So you eventually moved back. So, yes. And then Kavad started. So talk about how Kavad actually started. Yeah. So we moved back just to get some rest. Back to Pennsylvania. Back to Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Things were a little shaky there, and we just felt like we were to pull away. We had Mm -hmm. been so involved. Sure. And uh, we moved back to Pennsylvania thinking we would be here just for a couple of years. Sure. Uh, Dave and I went through a huge business loss at that Mm -hmm. point in time, and we're just, Dave's energy was, uh, went through a deep depression, Mm -hmm. lost our house. There was just a lot that happened that just took us took us to a deep place of darkness in our own so what selves. What did you and learn so, during that deep time, that dark time? When did you look back? Now? As I look back, God was with us. Yeah. It felt like He wasn't. Yeah. You didn't. There was moments like this is not what I signed up for. Sure, I I was here for ministry, and I'm here to serve people. Right, and we were very naive in a lot of ways, and yet God used us. And and just being. Uh, just being confident in those dark moments that he right. is with you, that right. he is working something uh, in you, mm-hmm. you know, that will build into your future, even if it doesn't look like it, you yeah. know, and, and a lot of, I had a lot of self doubts, so like, God, yeah. where are you? Yeah. You know, during those times when we started over with nothing and moving right. back here, we both had back issues. We were in bed at the same time for six really? weeks. Uh my mom took care of us. Uh, it was just a crazy uh, time. Worship center, we were going there, and they paid our rent. Um, wow. I mean, it was a dark that's time. That's a great church. Well, yeah. Wow, and amazing. so then we just really just began to seek God and just started to see. Keith Yoder was very involved with us at that point. Yeah. And, uh, so he was a, a mentor that a mentor really helped f- you through those seasons. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's meant to mentor so many people. Yeah, and so out of that darkness then and weakness as we started just trusting God in a whole with we had nothing we're starting completely over ministry wise too and we're like God where do you want us we love the east we were going to go back to Connecticut we love the way that the people in New Jersey are first generation Christians there were so many people came to know Jesus Italian people Mm. we love that culture and something Mm. about getting out of Lancaster yeah. really helped us. That helped Laverne and I too. We moved to yeah. South Carolina. We were young and helped us. What do you say to someone listening right now? They're going through a really dark, dark time. And, you know, they had this vision from God and things didn't yeah. quite turn out the way they thought. As you look back in this dark time in your life, what 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 do you say to them? I really uh, feel like just cling to the word. Find scriptures. Know okay. that his word never fails and really just find those moments with the Lord. Mm. And I think what the enemy tries to do is make you feel like there's no hope. Right. Like you don't have hope that there's, there's no way this is ever going to change. You know, I'm, I'm not good enough. You know, what Mm -hmm. happened? What did I do wrong? Where, you know, you just blame yourself and go into a lot of shame. And I think I would just really cling to the word and and know who I am. Mm -hmm. I think if I would have had more uh, of the word inside of me and done a little more self-care that I would have not gone into such mm-hmm. deep darkness. Yeah, you keep mm-hmm. using that term self-care. Do you want yeah. to expound on that a little more? Yeah, I, what I mean by self-care is just giving yourself t- time to have fun, Good. to date your husband, yeah. to lay it all, lay ministry aside. Yeah. Don't let it be your identity. Mm-hmm. 
when ministry becomes your identity, then you get lost in that. That's true. And then you lose your focus on Jesus, which is the very reason that you're doing all of this. Exactly. So good. So good. And that, yeah. That and all things still do work together for good they for those do. who love God. Isn't that true? They you do. Know, but it's hard to see that sometimes during the dark times. Now, let's go back to when this vision, you, you learned all these things, these truths through your whole journey. It was an amazing journey that God's given you and Dave. Now, let's talk a bit about how the whole Kavad vision yeah. started. I want to hear that. Yeah. So we were, uh, after we started getting some healing and trusting God, is it, that's another chapter uh, story of how we were led uh, to a ministry there right on the Welsh Mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're there for 10 years. And mm-hmm. God really used that ministry. We were at a huge youth group there. Sure. And uh, the beginning days uh, there, um, we just served and served and mm-hmm. served and and uh, loved kids and mm-hmm. kids have always mentoring has been huge on both Dave and I's heart. We just mm-hmm. love, we love discipleship. Being spiritual fathers and mothers, yeah. you do that so well. You both do that so well. And so when we were there, um, I can think about nine years or so, uh, Dave actually became uh, associate pastor there. And, um, I, I had done shows. I started doing shows and this okay. time they were bigger and, uh, was this Kabad shows? No, yet, or this just is shows? through the church, and we rented out the okay. host in Lancaster. Wow! And had like eight hundred people there. Uh, sold out shows. Uh, did Joseph? Uh, we wrote the story of David, uh, and did it at Lancaster Mennonite High School Fine Arts Center. And, this is uh, all before Kabad. This is all before Kabad. I didn't know yeah. all this. This is amazing. And so during that time, though, there was a lot of pressure just to be bigger and mm. do things. Uh, like Sight and Sound. And I love Sight and Sound. They're my friends. But that's not my vision. My vision is to disciple. Mm -hmm. And so I would do these shows and about six months later, then the, you know, the kids would be gone or the young adults would be gone. And I'd have to start over. And I'm like, this is not what I want. And so I just laid it all down. The Lord threw a series of things. I'm like, I'm just done with the arts. And I cried over it. I said, I'm just going to go be the best PTO mom. (laughs) And I want to serve in the public school where my kids were. And uh, I was done with ministry. I was just so, not the church. I wasn't bitter towards the church, but I was done with the arts. I said, okay, I am just done. And I laid it all down. And one Sunday morning in January, um, I was sitting in church and the minister there got up and had a word for me. And he said, uh, Connie, the Lord doesn't really care how you feel. And I can rec- I can quote it. I still have it recorded. Right, right. He doesn't really care how you feel right now, but he has a plan for you in the arts. Wow. And it's a plan for you to start an academy of arts. That first, the dance must go first. And then it's music. And then it's theater. And God will use it throughout the world for its excellence. Wow. And you will be, and Kavad, at that point, um, he said, and the academy will be known um, it was called Kavad Academy of the Arts. So um, we started off with calling it Capital Academy because it, it sure. was associated with that church. Sure. And he said, it will be known as Capital Academy of the Arts. It will be known mm. throughout the world for its mm. excellence. And so take it and run with it. And I, I mean, I literally went limp and I just mm. cried and cried and cried. I was just, you know, sometimes words, most of the time when you get a word, it, it hits in your spirit, like right, right. that. It's a confirmation. Well, it was a confirmation of the arts, but I'd never even thought of starting a school. So this was January. I began to pray on this, and uh, two or three months later, 
at that time, like I said, Dave was associate pastor, um, got up and the elders got up and said, we're going to have an auction and we are going to raise money about $11,000 to open this. I had felt like we were supposed to do this by the school year. It happened quickly. Sometimes right. words you put on the shelf sure. and you trust God. Mm-hmm. Just don't ever let them go dormant though. Keep, mm-hmm. you know, speaking mm-hmm. over them and keep them fresh in your mind. Right. But this one was like, oh my goodness, what am I to do with this? I couldn't lay it down. And so Dave, there was a little um, barn on the property at that time. And so Dave priced out how much it would be about $11,000 to remodel this barn to make it look excellent. And so that one Sunday morning uh, where there was an auction and somebody, you give 500, who wants to give 1,000, sure. who wants to give 200? And we raised $11,000 that wow. Sunday morning. And uh, we opened up in August then, uh, what would that be? I'm really bad with dates. 17, 17 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, 2000 something. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that was the beginning of Kavad as we know yeah. it today. Yeah. Now talk about your journey from then to now. What what has happened? What's transpired? And today, what's it look like today? Then. Yeah. So we went from 25 enrollments at that point, that that time, sure. and then two years later, uh, we moved into the. This was out in the Cowpatch country. And so I think we had 35 or 40 enrollments in two years. My first open house, nobody came. Really? Food and everything. Nobody came. (laughs) No one came, but it was out in the hills. If anybody knows Gap, out in the Welsh mountain. Sure, I know where you're at. And so we started getting the word out through the penny saver and uh, that was huge. So what do you say to somebody that starts something like that and and nobody shows up? What do you say to them? Because you obviously didn't quit. Yeah, go back to what the Lord told you. Okay. If I didn't have you just have a strong word. I mean, I had a word like that that took me out of nowhere that yeah. I knew this was not my sure. idea. And I told the Lord many times when I got in a deep spot, God, this was not my idea. <laughs> this is not cool right now because right. I'm not doing this for me. And so throughout the years, um, uh, I would go through really just, you know, every level and hiring teachers and really keeping developing the vision and, yes. you know, wanting it to be excellent. And Tanya, our daughter, um, who's 40 now, she had just gotten married and helped me uh, start the school. And so she took all of her classes really uh, in a difficult place throughout her years because she loved to dance. It wasn't I mean, of course, I was thrilled because I never got that opportunity, but she just had this passion inside of her. And so I would pull her in and out of school. She would be like four years old and I would go to the recital and I would be like, oh my goodness, she can't wear those costumes. That music is horrible. And I would pull her out and she would beg me, I love Jesus, mommy. I'm going to be fine. Uh And I would put her in at seven Then I would take her out and I would put her in at 10. And by the time we moved over here and she was in seventh grade, she's, I knew she had a firm foundation, but it is in the world. The arts are really, it's really hard Uh, and you can lose your kids easily yeah. uh, because they can get involved in that secular way of thinking. And, um, and Let's so, talk about that. What's different about Kavad and how you see the yeah. arts and you know, going to a, a secular studio? What's the difference? Right. So we are really promoting um, changing the culture of the arts. And you can be a Christian and do the arts. That's great. Uh, we, I've met a lot of different people over the years who have studios that love God and, and do and do a dance, sure. but we change it around where we love the Lord through the dance. Uh-huh. And so it has to be part of the culture. Uh-huh. And so at Kabad, the culture is um, loving, it's warm, it's about our ministry first and then dance. 
The dance mm-hmm. classes look the same. We don't spend a half hour, you know, preaching. We don't have Bible verses up everywhere. But all of our students, all of our teachers are passionate about Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. And they're also very excellent. And they've come from Connecticut, from Georgia. God has just brought people from all over to teach with his yeah. passion. And they hear about it. And uh, that was part of another prophetic word that I got from Bethel a few years ago, that people would come from all over the U.S. to choreograph and to teach because wow. not they didn't even know what I was doing really, but would teach because of the anointing and the power of God, and that's the Kavad weighty presence in His glory, and uh, and so like at Kavad now, our front desk lady, if she hears uh, our manager, if she hears something, a, a news about someone that's going through a hard time, she stops and prays for them. We bring it yeah. to our leadership team. We pray, but just the difference, the really difference is, is we create with purpose. That's okay. that is our vision. Create with purpose. We create with purpose. It has to have purpose behind the so create. Good. Yeah, and you have taken teams throughout the world, right? Yeah, every every year in the summer. And what are some of the places you've gone? Uh, We've been to Aruba, which was really a hard missions trip. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, And we've done 200 kids there. Uh, We do arts camps. Wow. um, Throughout uh, the well, every year I've taken, except through COVID here, but almost every single year for the last 10 years I've taken international trips. What were some some nations you've gone? So we've gone. Puerto Rico is you know U.S., but we Puerto Rico, Aruba. We've been to South Africa, Cape Town. Our friends there for. Mm three times mm-hmm. um we were in brazil now twice switzerland mm-hmm. we've been wow. to and um just doing an arts camp uh, and we have many invitations to go i think i could go all summer long i'm sure and i would love that um but that is a dream uh and that's what the lord told me years ago that you would have 10 teams that would go out throughout the nations wow. in the summer and now we're seeing at least one if not two this coming mm-hmm. summer so, so that um, will still happen. So talk about today. What what is what does Kavad look like today? You have a couple of locations locally. You said you've got hundreds of students. So what does it look like today? And then we'll talk about the leadership principles you've learned. Sure. Uh, today it would look like our classes start at three thirty or four o'clock in the afternoon and go to about nine o'clock. Okay. Four nights a week. We four offer, nights a week. We offer in New Holland over one hundred and twenty classes a week. And then we just opened up Mannheim, and we have a one studio there. And so uh, the Lord had told me years ago in this whole thing, when I was just at my bottom, you know, wit's end with, what do I do? Where do I go? There was one point in time in ministry, which would have been uh, about five years into it, that I was nine months behind in rent and almost quit. And um, I just had a, a landlord that really believed in us and, mm. and worked with us. Mm. Uh, but I was going to stop and go to Walmart and get a job and <laughs> pay off the lease. And the, and he said no. So through that hard time, yeah. those hard, the Lord said, "Well, you will not only grow, and but you will you will start micro campuses throughout the U.S." And I'm like, wow. "Lord, I can't pay my rent. What are you talking about?" And was it me? Is it God? I mean, some of the crazy things he has told me over the years, I'm starting to almost now, like 17 years, starting to believe maybe this could happen. (laughs) And so we got this opportunity to open up in Mannheim and we have 18 classes there. And that's really the vision is to have micro campuses that would connect to local churches. I'm always, I am such a, uh, I'm big on partnership. I can't do this alone. You do it so well. And you just have to partner. You have to be in accountability. Mm-hmm. If you don't have accountability, you're out there. And you, do, 
you just you don't have the covering exactly uh, and so just being able to um to now do Mannheim and our local church in New Holland is very much yes. instrumental um, in in helping sure. us. Now, speaking that. of local church in New Holland, and while you're doing all this, you and Dave also for a season were pastoring a church, we right? We did. We At the did. same time, and now yeah. obviously you're more spiritual parents to the leaders yeah. today. Talk about that. that how, was how, crazy. how did that work? That's crazy. <laughs> but you just, we just, we uh, felt uh, 12, it'll, let's see, it'll, it was 13 years ago in December uh, when uh, the ministry we were part of really went through a really trying time. And Dave and I were left with a remnant. Mm-hmm. And uh, we felt that we were to take this, uh, it was like 225 people went down to 30, and that we thought we are to take these precious people. We didn't mm-hmm. want to just let them go. Sure. You know, because your pastor's heart. Yeah. yeah, and so we decided just to worship, and we had some great mentors at that time that walked us through that. Yeah. And we just worshiped and trust God. It was a hard time, yeah. but we just worshiped, and um, these people, then it began to grow, and we're like, okay, what do we do? We were never, in our point of view, called to be a, uh, a senior leader, <laughs> right. uh, a senior pastor. You did it uh, out of necessity and need, didn't. and God honored you. And so it was a prob- so rewarding, and we saw many people healed from um, sure. just, you know, a uh, bad taste in their minds of church and sure. uh, had many prophetic words that we would be a hospital. Yeah. And uh, it was about, I don't know, Larry's been six years now we've been with Dove, and that was just the best thing that, ever happened to us we didn't know what to do with these people we never led a church we sure. always assisted and mm-hmm. love walking beside a visionary right. leader right um in the meantime we saw this other vision of kavad growing right. and growing right. and growing and taking over more of my time so but you were able to by the grace of god find younger leaders train younger did. leaders today such a healthy church and you're so you and awesome. dave are like the spiritual moms and dads behind the scenes not leading no you know, we now just have other leaders who are doing a fantastic job uh, and I think the leadership concept principle is that you really find there's this place of convergence where we kind of try different things. We find who we really are and what we're called right. to do and be. And you are spiritual moms and dads, and that's worked. And you're a visionary leader, obviously, and and you worked so well as a couple in this and others with you for Kavad. So if somebody wants to get involved in Kavad today, how do they do that? Because sure. we're, we're going to make sure on the show notes, you know, if anybody wants to get involved yeah, in Kavad, yeah. the show notes will be there. They can get a hold of sure. you, get a hold of your ministry. We'll talk about that. Yeah, Kavad.org. You can go is our website. Okay. And so uh, phone numbers are, are there for our yeah, office. We'll put you all can, that down there. You can email. You can reach out to me. Uh, Connie at Kavad.org if you want to be on our I do this um, Coffee with Connie email every other week has been a really big hit right. where I just kind of share my heart about what's happening in the ministry Good. personally awesome. so you can be a part of that there's Good. a place on the website to sign up for our email uh, uh, address as well so what are some of the ways people could connect with Kavad like if they have children yeah. who want to be trained for example yes. can mm-hmm. t- talk to us about that what are some yeah ways? so you can go online all of our schedule is online or you can call in 717 717- Three five four three three five five is our phone number, sure. but our whole schedule, everything is very automated. You can you can sign up for classes right there online. You can call in the office. The girls at the office would love sure. to to help you, or email me as well. Sure, sure. But we have uh, classes. You start. You have to be potty trained up to age 75 <laughs> so we have from all different perspectives like larry you could take a hip-hop class actually wow wouldn't that be cool yeah. <laughs> laverne yeah. would love that yeah, I'm sure. I bet. yeah i'm sure so 
Any other leaders, as you look back after all these years now, and 17 years with Kabbalah, it's, it's well known all over this region now. You've been all over the world. Uh, you've had church leadership, and of course, we've privileged to work with you in that and in the Devon International family. Any other leadership, if you're sitting here with some younger leaders or people inspiring to leadership, or maybe going through a hard time, any other things you would say to them, things that they should know, preparing them for leadership for the future? Yes, I think uh, two things I would say. Number one is be in the word Good. and embrace the word. Good. You've got to embrace the, and just believe God for what his promises are. Okay. Number two, I would say, um, have be accountable and have a mentor. That's, good. That's one thing that Dave and I both did all the years. Mm -hmm. it, mentors have saved us so much grief. Yeah, Sometimes you I don't agree. always love what they say, but as a young person, you kind of think you can do it and you got all this energy, but learn from the older people or, or your mentor. You just have to be yeah. accountable and don't be afraid to share your heart with your mentor or mm -hmm. with somebody because we all have stuff, you know, mm -hmm. it's just been a couple years ago, year ago, I started going to a, a counselor. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds crazy, but That's I mean, fantastic. I think I didn't even realize, you know, so many times you can tell other people and you can minister and you see people set free in the same time you're going through mm -hmm. something yourself as a pastor, as a leader, and you almost feel guilty. Well, I can pray and other people can get set free. Why right. can't I? Right. And sometimes you just need someone else. So true. And so just be, don't be afraid to share your heart. Mm. More, more than likely, the, the, the person that, that's mentoring you will have been through it before too. Mm -hmm. And I just know that that whatever you're going through, that you're human and it's okay. Exactly. God uses, what do we say in Dove, right? Ordinary people to do extraordinary That's things. Exactly right, and yeah. so don't ever doubt, I don't have enough. I just can't do it. I don't have any training in the arts. I had no clue what I was That's doing amazing. and still don't, but just trusting God. Yeah. I think my favorite verse, um, one of my, well, first of all, my life verse is Micah 6, 8 you know, is just to do justly yeah. and to love mercy and to mm. walk. What does the Lord require of you? To do justly, love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Mm. And I just marrying the two is to have you know, yes. justice, which is really my right. personality, but I have to, I have to have mercy as mm -hmm. well and love. You do that well. And then verse six in Philippians one, being confident of this very thing, love that this. he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Mm. He's he's done it, and it's going to be okay. Just say to yourself, if you're going through a hard time, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. So Either true. here, I'm going to go be with Jesus. So, right. you know, one or the other, it's a win-win situation. It really is. God began the good work in each of our lives, and he will bring it to completion. That's right. So, Kavad Performing Arts, Kavad Theater, uh, Connie Diener, this has been wonderful. Thank you. These insights are going to help so many people around the world. Any last, last words of wisdom you have before we close today? Larry, just thank you so much. It's Dove is amazing. It's amazing family. And any of our Dove family out there, just love you guys and love to connect uh, that we need one another. We do. We just have yeah. to lock arms. And yeah. in this day and age, as you see mm. things in the world that are difficult, just have fun. Pray for people, yeah. but don't lose your joy. Right. You know, Jesus is coming back. <laughs> yeah. His joy is our strength. That's the devil right. That's tries right. to rob he us does. of our joy. He really. does. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful. Connie, thank you again for joining us today for the Larry Crider Leadership Podcast and where we learn these small changes we can make that can make yeah. a massive difference in our lives. And again, check out the show notes, get to you know more about Connie, more about Kavad, 
uh, this ministry, your ministry has just started, God, and there's so mm-hmm. much God's going to mm-hmm. do. You haven't even dreamt or thought oh, about yet, yes. so I believe that I with, believe with all that. my heart. So thanks Thank to all you. of you. Again, check out the show notes and uh, join us again as week after week we meet with key leaders from throughout the nations of the world and who have seen God do amazing things in their lives and leadership, and we can learn together what God would have us do for the future. Thank you. So, God bless you. you Thank you, Connie. And uh, God bless all of you. We'll see you again very soon. Thank you for listening to Larry Kreider's Leadership Podcast. If you want more information about any of Larry's books, daily devotionals, small group resources, or any other teachings, go to LarryKreider.com. 